0: Back so here on
1: the Wednesday edition of the WRSU so know the sure crew, Troy Cino, Chris Saconis, Mike Nichols, Dylan (no last name). Uh, we've got some more stuff to get to. We've got a big some interview McCoy. coming up. Dylan, well, Chris, please come on. We don't need to. We don't need to bring. I it. mean, it's not like we've we're been on the same show for two months, and
0: you're not going to say my last name.
1: Wow. Are you on right the show tomorrow? His 21st birthday. You're going to no, do. Are no, I don't think.
2: I don't think he should he deserves a last name.
3: Oh. Really? Wow. Wow. All because yep. Troy can't get his Dylan straight. Like come on. Listen, nope. I know it's hard. You know I'm just
1: I'm not I'm not rolling the dice on this anymore. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna well, say McCoy and better, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna get
0: I'm it going wrong. Forward,
1: so. Uh you're, you're, I'm gonna say McCoy next time, and you're gonna be like, "It's alan and i will be like, "Well, he told me it was McCoy," and then you're just gonna keep switching it on me. So I'm not gonna. I'm gonna, this game, right? I'm
0: gonna say it's Allen next time. I promise. Exactly.
1: You. I'm not. I'm not playing this game with you guys. So I'm just. You know what? From now on, it's Dylan, no last name. All right. But besides that, we've we've got plenty. To, well, first of all, Dylan, happy one day before your birthday. Um, thank you. Thank you. And then after that, we've we've got some some big topics to get to. I actually want to focus in on the NBA a little quick, real quick. Um, I'm sure if you guys were on Twitter yesterday, you follow any NBA talk. You saw James Harden. Everyone, everyone know what I'm talking about.
0: That picture. Yes. That picture. Yeah. Is
1: is, is James yeah. Harden fat?
0: <laughs> no. Like he's, we yes, he saw is. him. Not want to be there. It's bad. We saw him like, three should... weeks ago. What happened? He's not
2: fat. It's all about the angles, as we all know.
1: No, he's <laughs> to
3: fat, be fair, Mike. People. Like, I to saw it fair. with my own eyes. Well, you're t- nah, they that's bad The Same
0: thing about Zion last year, though. Before he played a game, everyone, when Zion uh, was hurt, no, Zion was in they were shape. taking pictures of him on the sidelines, and they were like, Zion's fat. Like, Zion in New Orleans. Like, he's eating all the food in New Orleans. Like, and then he came out, and he was ridiculous. So, I don't know. This is, this is This is like the opposite <laughs> of, like, when someone goes, like, 10 for 10 in the gym, like Ben Simmons, and they say he's going to be a three-point weapon next year. Like... Like this is like this is just an overstatement to the to the most ridiculous end. Harden's fine. I I, <laughs> I feel like this I feel like this topic pops
1: up like twice a year for different athletes just because there's one photo taken of them, but that one photo, man, he looked. I I know he's not actually fat, but like that one photo added like 80 pounds to James Harden. I'm telling you, or it was photoshopped or something because you watched him play last night on TV. He looks fine. But that one photo was such a bad angle. I seriously was questioning, did James Harden put on like 100 pounds in like a four-week <laughs> offseason? And he didn't. He looks – well, I mean, he didn't put on 100 pounds. He he looks fine. Um, and it doesn't matter if if he did because he's still one of the best scoring players in the NBA. But, oh, man. He could just that spot photo, up from
3: three and he would be good. Like, he doesn't have to run. You know what I mean?
1: That, that, exactly. Well, he likes to, he likes to dance around right the ball for like 20 seconds. He likes to dance around with the ball, and not like passing any seconds. of his teammates. Exactly. You know, just what the Brooklyn Nets needs.
0: Apparently, if he was seven foot and could run and jump, he'd be the MVP every year. So.
1: I mean, yeah, if you if you add that to most a lot of players in the NBA, they could be the M- MVP. That is a that is a tough thing to come by. Seven foot, run and jump, sounds yeah, like Kevin Durant. If he was seven feet tall, you know, Kyrie Irving man. would
2: have like eight post ups a game.
1: Exactly. I just thought it was really, I just thought it was funny. Like that one photo, I wish we could show it over the, over the radio, which they need to work on that. It sounds like television, but he did look a little, little chunky. He looked a little chunky. I've been seeing some mean names go around on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw like James Hardy's. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I saw someone Twitter's say he puts, uh, he puts the eat and heat. Because there's some there's some trade talks going over there, but I don't I you know I don't agree with all these. They they compared him to what he'd be on the Heat. He'd be Dwayne Wade. I, these are some mean mean names they're saying. <laughs> and like I said, like I said, Wade I'm just re- Dwayne Wade
0: is good.
1: I, I'm just reporting like what I've read on Twitter around this situation. And James Harden is not fat. He is. He's in better shape than ninety nine point nine nine percent of all people. Oh come on, it's a comedy. lot funnier to say. He's oh
0: come on. He's in better it's... shape than every than every host, right? now on Crew. Oh <laughs> not absolutely, wow. not even
1: close. Wow, you're gonna you're gonna not not short like that, man. Come on. Dylan, Dylan, he is in better shape than ninety percent, ninety nine percent of Twitter. Like, he's a prof- <laughs> he's a professional athlete at the highest level. It's just a bad, unfunny Ninety nine percent generous, Troy. That-
0: Now, are we going to talk about the conspiracy theory that James Harden photoshopped that photo so that Rocker, the Rockets' front office, would be more inclined to get rid of him? Because I have never seen a player who wants out more of 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 an organization than James Harden wants out of out of Houston right now. Like, have you guys seen the pictures of him at? Well, Jimmy Butler with like every organization, but yeah. Have you seen the picture of him and P.J. Tucker just on the sideline during practice? Just. Literally, literally just sitting, looking like sen- looking like seniors on the last day of school. Just like, why are we here?
1: They're they're waiting for that trade. I'm I'm actually a little intrigued by that Houston Rockets team because if James Harden stays in that team, they actually could be decent. Like if Boogie Cousins has a good bounce back year. They're not going to win know, a
3: championship, though. That's the thing.
1: No, they're not. Definitely not going like, to win a championship. There's
3: no point. There's no real point for the Rockets front office to keep James Harden. Because he's on the wrong side of 30, and they're not going to win anything in the near term. Their window to win a championship was 2016, 2017, maybe 2018. That was it. Um, once they lost that series, they were up 3-2 on the war. They were done. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's my take on yeah. it. Rockets front office would be a lot smarter if they took a package for Harden and uh, tried to rebuild. That's my take on well- it. Well.
1: Focusing on that idea, Chris, I mean, recent news coming out that uh, Giannis signed a Supermax contract extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. He was kind of the headliner that certain teams were looking at to see if maybe they could get something done for him, specifically the Miami Heat. Now with him gone, him seemingly signed up and locked in for the Bucks, James Harden kind of goes to the top of that list, Um, and I think the Heat are are one of the top contenders to maybe bring James Harden to their team. And I just don't know, like it doesn't seem like the fan base really wants him all that bad. Um, I guess kind of in a similar way, the Nets don't really want him. It's just so fascinating. The guy is one of the great scorers, one of the greatest scorers we've really ever seen because he just can score like no one else. I mean, his style of play is kind of hard to watch at times, but you can't deny the fact that he can score the ball seemingly whenever he wants to. It's just fascinating that that guy was an MVP a couple of years ago and fan bases just don't want him. It doesn't really make sense. Like, why would you not want him on your team? I understand there's some locker room issues that come along with him, but the guy was an MVP and the guy is arguably one of the best scorers in the league right now.
3: Well, Troy, it also depends on what situation your front office, your like, roster is in. For instance, I would make the case that the Nets are, if not the best team in the East, they're a top two, maybe three team in the East, Right now, is currently constructed, and um, I'm not convinced that giving up all the assets they'd be required to give up to get James Harden potentially uh, would make them substantially better. Better on the on like the net balance. Uh, so I think it might. I think it depends on the situation your your team is in now. If you're a team that has one star already, and a second star would get you over the hump, but the current supporting cast you have right now won't. You know that's a different story. I think that then you really have to think about giving up whatever you need to give up to get him. Um, but I think that um, you know the whole thing with um, with him uh, getting uh, with him not being wanted by certain teams. I think it really depends on the situation your team is in right now. You know,
2: I think the Rockets should say. All right, you know what? James Harden is kind of doing us dirty. Let's do him dirty.
3: Trade him for the New York Knicks. Please. Ooh. That's harsh. (laughs) I I would not wish that on someone I actually dislike. I don't don't dislike James Harden. I just like making fun of him.
1: Mike, I don't know if the Knicks have enough to even get James Harden. Like, I don't know what the trade package would look like to get him. Now, I mean, sure, the Rockets could bite the bullet and just be like, all right, you know what? Let's, you know, let's be – kind of mean to James Harden. We're tired of having to deal with him. Let's just send him over there. But it's kind of funny that that entire franchise, I don't think could really put together a package that is really viable for the for the Rockets to accept. Like you're hearing the Heat possibly having to give up Tyler Hero to get him. Um, you're hearing what the, the Brooklyn Nets would have to give up to get him. You talked about the 76ers, what they would need to give up. I don't think the Knicks have enough to give him up to get a guy like James Harden with who has multiple years left on his contract. Um but could you? Oh, what an awful punishment that would be for James Harden. Although you know he might like it. You get to be the face of a, a big franchise in New York, away from Houston. Um, although it's an awful fan base to have to play for. But that would be some sort sort of cruel and unusual punishment. I yeah. I think the Knicks
2: do have enough to trade for him. Only because I think the Knicks would be willing to trade as many first round draft picks as it takes to get. <laughs> only because so just, of how irrational James Dolan is. I, I mean. was
0: gonna say just killing the next five years of your franchise to get the last five years of James Harden, basically. I, I do think
1: the James Knicks would only, never do such a thing.
0: No, because they weren't even willing oh, to no, sign Kevin Durant
1: not. to a max contract. Why would they want James Harden? Like everyone that, remembers that the
0: Everyone remembers the Knicks Photoshop that one off season. Yes, and they got Bobby Portis and Julius Turner instead. But they Amazing. weren't even – they weren't Gibson. willing
1: to – Tosh Gibson.
0: They weren't – Yes, weren't willing they to were, ex-
1: Troy. I don't know. I feel I like care. I believe you that story about out. them being hesitant because of an, a possible injury that we don't know how it will affect. That seems realistic to me that the, the Knicks are that stupid. and I, I don't think – like if they're not willing to give Kevin Durant that contract, I find it hard to believe you're willing to give James Harden that contract.
0: And so, well, Troy, get
2: that – 99 teams in the NBA were willing to give Kevin, uh, 99% of the teams in the NBA were willing to give Durant that contract, but not the Knicks.
1: Knicks yeah. are pretty dumb, Mike. I believe They're that. pretty dumb. Like they are pretty dumb. I believe it for Like, oh man, if there were one franchise to do it, wouldn't it be the Knicks? Wouldn't they be that dumb? They think that they can oh, lowball Kevin Durant. They think that they can lowball Kevin Durant, get him for a little cheaper.
0: Lowball a top well, I mean, twenty player all time.
1: Like, come on, that's Kevin such a Durant. Knicks thing to do.
3: Yeah, like I, I mean, this is the same. I mean, talk about the fan base not having realistic expectations. I mean, they're the ones that were photoshopping like every star, like LeBron going to the Knicks, uh, Kyrie and KD going to the Knicks. Remember that? How did that yeah. pan out? You're rolling bad. with uh, R.J. Chris, Barrett remember, and obi Topkin. I
0: remember that.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. Knicks Frank fans Valentina. think, like, Don't forget that Valentina. their franchise name – Oh, no, no. Cannot forget about our man, Dennis Smith Jr. I could go on and on
1: with these. The Knicks are so bad. The Knicks are so bad. And they have no They have no hope for the future either. Isn't that, like – Oh, zero. Zero. How do you not you – you, just... you have arguably the first or second best recruiting tool by the fact that you play in New York City. Like it's New York and Los Angeles. If you play in those two cities, you should have that being one of the biggest tools to help you get free agents to come to you. And you can't do it. Your biggest free agent you've had in the past two decades, Carmelo Anthony. He wasn't even like, a free how agent. How does that make – that makes. I had to come over through trade. Like, how does that? How can you not attract any star talent? And then when you, there's talk about a realistic star talent. There's reports coming out saying you weren't willing to pay him every single cent he was asking for. I think the it's biggest a, it's free it's agent,
0: big the
2: biggest free agent the Knicks got was Amari Amari Stoudemire.
0: That is a big free agent, though. Amari's awesome. <laughs>
3: I mean, I mean, Amari. Um, When they signed him, was a great signing. Like it didn't work out, but at the time, it was a really good signing.
0: Yes, I think we just have to marvel at how the uh, the the Nets had Billy King as their GM and performed one of the worst trades in the history of sports and still rebuilt faster than the Knicks. It's amazing. Like, what was that trade, Chris? 2013, 2014, where we traded for all the 37 year olds for all of our first round picks?
3: i was like 2011. Oh, yeah. I think. Really? Oh, well. Would, and, would, I mean, that's still. Are you talking about the, that sense. the Nets one?
0: When
3: yeah. they traded Kevin Garner, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garner. Uh, oh. Paul Pierce. I remember 12 year old me was so dumb about that. 12 year old me thought, like, oh, we're winning the chip. We're taking down the Heat, and, like, Oh, I cringe when I think about those teams. The the history guys, of basketball,
0: teams. very possibly. Yeah, but that was also when they started. How, uh,
3: with... Yeah, go ahead.
0: I, I was gonna say it's amazing how they perform that? that trade, pretty much giving up their future, and now they are like a title contender, and the Knicks are still like just in the basement, like.
1: Want to want to hear a worse off season move than that? It's not even the, it's not even the worst off season move of their franchise.
0: Paying Timothy Mozgov sixty million.
1: No, it's it's the fact that they moved to to Brooklyn and left New Jersey in the off season. Yeah, that's their biggest. Flop I hated the that. Season.
0: I yes. hated that.
1: But still, they rebuilt that faster like than the Knicks. Hilarious. They still rebuilt or faster I than saw. the Knicks.
3: Seriously, they still did rebuild faster. Oh my god. No, no, but like you know what I didn't like about the move? They like ruined their whole brand when they went to Brooklyn because like they got this really these really bland jerseys, really bland logo. Like, the 90s throwbacks that they have, the 90s throwback court that they're going to put out in the Barclays Center when they wear those, like, that should just be their jerseys and their logo from now on. That's, like, way better than what they were wearing when they moved to Brooklyn, at least in my opinion.
0: I don't know, Chris. Their brand, like, is more, like, accessible now, though. It's, like, a lot cooler. Like, a lot of it, like, it's very, like, minimalistic. Like, Jay-Z designed a lot of it. I don't know. I feel like they look professional in, in Brooklyn. They didn't look super professional in new jersey and i mean at least it wasn't like art model where they just took the team overnight and just sent it like to to brooklyn like we didn't know about it and like they're still close enough to where we can be like active fans and like go to games and stuff so uh, can, obviously can I, be, I would love to see let, them at the eyes center but i'm not mad about going to the barclays and watching them play but
1: let, let me be honest about one thing and this is I, I you guys are all nets fans correct
0: i know me and chris are at least yeah, yes, I'm Mike, a Nets I'm pretty
1: sure. Yeah. Yes. So nice. as the only non-Nets fan here, I personally hate when there's two teams to a city. Um and you know, I know this is tough for you guys to hear as Mets and Nets fans and, and Jets fans. I just I think it's so I don't understand it. I really don't. So for the fact that the, the, the New Jersey Nets moved to be one of those teams, it just baffles me. I just don't get it. Um and it really just kind of Stinks. I'd love to see them still as a New Jersey Net, but with all that in mind, they moved to New York. Not only do they move to New York, now they're the more relevant team in New York. Like they they rebuilt. That's how bad the Knicks are. The the, the the Knicks are the only New York basketball team a decade, a little over a decade ago, right? And now they're the second best team in New York. A team came in and took over their city for basketball. I know not when it comes to the fan size of the fan base, but you are the second best team well, in Well, the your, second your city? The second best team in New York is the Long
3: Island Nets. Um, I, I'd put the Knicks at third, if I'm being honest.
0: Yeah, Isaiah Whiteside's <laughs> a hooper. What do you mean? <laughs> but, yeah, no, but that, Hall, I, don't think I mean, i play
1: for the Knicks. I mean, would you? I mean, I, I'd play for the Knicks. Play I'd, in the I'd garden, win like 15 basketball. games a year? Yeah, have, I, so I, I mean, I guess if you're an alternative.
0: You have I'm good.
1: <laughs> Listen, if Chris, if the Knicks are willing to give me like thirty million to go run around there with the basketball and get every one of my shots swatted out of the air, like it's nothing, sure, you, I'll do it. Troy, you That's will be you'll the power name. forward. <laughs> Troy, you'd be the power
3: forward that um, that the Knicks have been waiting for for the last thirty years. I mean, you could probably start over Julius Randle.
1: You keep the you power... keep making these, Chris. Compared to you guys, yes, I'm pretty big. I'm a big guy. But you said last episode I'd be a tight end of the Big Ten. Chris, I'm not that big compared to professional uh, athletes and college sorry, athletes. Chris. I don't wow. know. Really solid. So short I would not. There, I'm shorter than almost all point guards. Why would I be a power forward? I know we're talking about in like you know made up situations here, but Chris, jeez, that's pretty unrealistic. Oh power God.
3: forward. I mean, you're taking you're taking this pretty literally, Troy. It was meant as a joke.
0: The Knicks do love Powerful. Here you go it's again, making fun of Sacco. <laughs> it's, it's not, not like eight eight I didn't spend my entire
3: childhood bullied out of my mind, and now I got to right, deal with now you. Now you're know, now you're
1: now you're overselling it. I wow. wow. I'm not buying. No, no, selling On no. it now. Yeah, yeah, buying. yeah. Just no, no, on, no, Chris. I am not power am forward. Not. I'm not six foot nine. I'm not six foot ten. I'm six three. I'm barely tall enough to be a point guard. Let alone do I have the no? You're tall point Size and ability. There's some tall point guards in the league too. They're just getting taller and taller. Seriously,
0: five, six, six. They it's aren't crazy really getting taller. The draft picks are all like 6'5" now. It's kind of awesome, honestly. But where are all
1: these tall people at? I don't I don't see any tall people on a daily basis. They're all in the NBA. Mm.
0: That's any why I seven see them. foot NBA capable big man. Uh, you know, Rutgers is a pretty nice school and and we have a pretty good basketball program, so Yeah, we're pretty good. Maybe, we're like top 20, maybe, top 20 Maybe in the country. come here if you think you're going to the NBA. That that would be awesome.
1: Are we? But stay are here we the, for three years? Are we the recruiting tool for this right now? Or is is that where we're at? We're, we're the recruiting for for Rutgers men's we're basketball. If, in, if we're tweeting
0: We're a school yeah. on the rise. Every fan should be recruiting for Rutgers men's basketball.
1: If, if you are tall and you're listening to this, give Coach Pichel a call. Let's see what we can get going. All right, let's see if we can Unless get that Peter set up. Kiss. We can. Uh, we can maybe guarantee you won't quick. ever land on the Knicks, and we can make that a personal guarantee. Because that is, you know, that's where the career goes to die. But
0: I bet someone said that to Miles Powell, Troy, and look, look at him now.
1: I, you know what? He, I think he's actually a good fit for that organization. No, I really is. do. Yes, I think he's a very. I, I'm just shocked he didn't go drafted this year. Um, but I think yeah, that's a too. decent landing spot, close to home. You know, close to where he played in college ball. I think the fan base from, around here knows him. They're going to really like him. He's used to playing in the Garden for the Big East tournament. I think it's a really good fit.
0: From the second-best college I, basketball I mean, team in New York to the second-best pro basketball team in New York. Or second-best college basketball team in New Jersey to the second-best co- uh, pro basketball team in New York. So it's a good fit. Listen, hey, listen, couple, if he plays
3: really well with the Knicks, he can uh, force his way out to a contender in a couple of years.
1: Yeah. The, the Knicks a couple of years ago, we're looking at – Zion, KD, and Kyrie. Now they got the the big headed monster with RJ Barrett and Miles Powell. I mean, it's a little different, but both all very good basketball all very good basketball players. You know, who are you taking? RJ and Miles or KD and Kyrie? That's a question. You maybe, guys taking?
0: Maybe RJ and Miles Johnson, not RJ and Miles Powell. No, Miles Powell's a good.
1: Miles Miles Powell's a good player. He's a good player. He's too good for the Knicks. Way too good for the Knicks, but I feel bad for him. Maybe James Harden will end up there, and he'll be playing with them. But, again, we, we did see some photos. I thought they were funny. James Harden's not fat, but he was looking a little chubby. He was definitely looking a little well, chubby. Well, I mean,
3: I'm... looking a little chubby. He also shot 3 of 10 uh, and got 12 points uh, in that game last night, if anyone's interested.
0: I was going to say, gotta was he 25 off? of 25 from the line,
3: though? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that, that wouldn't really impress me if he does. I mean that's that's his game from the floor, that's,
1: from the floor not looking good. I mean that that is James Harden's game. I like he's gonna probably go down as being one of the most all time highest scorers from the free throw line. Like he scores so many points from the free throw line. And guess what? You know, your weight doesn't matter once you're at that free throw line. You can hit those shots. It does not matter. But James Harden's not. James Harden is not fat. Like he is. He did not put on a hundred pounds in a four week span. I know everyone's freaking out on Twitter because they think he's he, he got some extra weight on there. He got that, you know, that winter weight come early, but I can guarantee he is in better shape than anyone listening to this broadcast right now and and all the people who are making fun of him on Twitter. Even if some of the names are kind of funny, you know, take it lightly. He's not actually chubby. We're just, you know, we're just poking fun. Kind of like how we poke fun with Chris.
3: I'm not going to respond to that.
1: <laughs> all right well i guess we can step aside we've got a big interview coming up on the other side of this with uh, a real garantes um arguably the best athlete on Rutgers campus uh so we'll get to that when we come back from this break again you're listening to the wednesday edition of the crew only here on wrsu fm new brunswick and online at wrsu.org
3: This Friday, Rutgers Football looks to wrap up its season on a high note as they host Nebraska. Brent Wolf and I, Chris Iconis will be on the call from SHI Stadium. Kickoff is at 7.30, with Rutgers Countdown getting you started an hour before the game. It's all on 88.7 WRCU FM and online at WRCU.org. Immediately following every Rutgers football and men's basketball game, be sure to call into WRSU for our signature post game call in show, Nightline, the only Rutgers post game show led by you, the fans. Keep that dial locked to WRSU after every football and men's basketball game, and when you hear the music, you know what to do. 732 932 8800, that's the number to call. Nightline, only on 88.7 WRSU FM, New Brunswick. Tune in this Sunday at 1 p.m. as Rutgers men's basketball faces their toughest matchup of the season, Illinois. Troy Savino and I, Chris Zaconis, have the call from the rack. Coverage gets underway with Rutgers Countdown at 1230. And it's all on 88.7 WRSU FM and online at wrsu.org. is your WRSU Sports Update. I'm Chris Sakonis. Rutgers football had their signing day today as the Knights officially added 23 recruits for 2021. Class is ranked 41st in the country and 10th in the Big Ten, highest rated class since 2017. Rutgers also brought in two thirds of the top 20 recruits in the state of New Jersey and one transfer from Kansas State in wide receiver Josh Youngblood. Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence says he's ready for the challenge of leading the Jets' offense next year if he's taken by the New York with the first overall pick. He told Dan Patrick this morning that he's looking forward for the opportunity to help any team rebuild. Jets are currently sitting at 0-13 and, uh, and are projected to have about an 80% chance of getting the first overall pick in the draft. Let's see WRSU Sports Update. I'm Chris Akonis. Now back to Aurel Garantes and the WRSU crew. Tune into WRSU this Friday at noon as Rutgers women's basketball takes on Hampton at the rack. Ronnie Walenta and Christian Vasquez have the call as the Knights look to bounce back for their third win of the year. Catch all the action on 88.7 FM and online at WRSU.org. Tune in to Glorna Heron, the Voice of Ireland program, on Sundays from 5 to 7 p.m.
1: Your hosts, Michael Callahan, Jack McCullough, Tommy Burns, and Joe O'Sullivan play the best in Irish music and share news from Ireland and the Irish American community in New Jersey. Broadcasting from the campus of Rutgers University every Sunday at five on WRSU 88.7 FM.
2: Hi everybody and welcome to WRSU. I'm your girl Ariel Duncan and I have a special guest with us today. Arella Garantes from Rutgers women's basketball team, one of the star standout players of the season. I'm excited to have you. Thank you for being here with us. This is really awesome.
4: Thanks for having me. Uh, Mm -hmm. But
2: first things first, I want to ask you in the middle of this crazy COVID wacky world we're living in today, how are you doing?
4: I'm doing great, honestly. Um, I try to keep positive I keep a positive mindset upon all this, all the things that's going on. Because honestly, it could be worse. Um, so, I realize how blessed I am, and in the midst of everything, you kind of lose sight of it. But when you stop back and you look back, um, you take a second to breathe. You realize how blessed you are. So, just reemphasizing, you know, the the little blessings that I receive every single day just helps me push through. A lot of the uncertainty um, and just, you know, confusing times. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, you know, that's something that I really admire about you. Um, I've had the opportunity to learn you as a student and an athlete. And um, I really appreciate your focus um, more than anything. The fact that you're able to uh, balance such an incredible lifestyle of being a student athlete. And, you know, I wanted to kind of touch on that a bit. Uh, you know, again, these are crazy times, you know, you have to be tested um, before you enter the gym, uh, you have to be very diligent and careful, I'm sure, you know, when you're not uh, working out, you know, and at the same time, you also have deadlines. Uh, I'll bring this at- uh, attention to everyone listening. Um, Arell is a grad student. Morella and I are in the same master's program. We're in the global sports business program directed by Myron Frankelstein, and it's an excellent program, uh, which I think is really uh, innovative to the business of sport. I guess my question to you is, how do you balance uh, your lifestyle as a student athlete during these times?
4: Um, it's honestly difficult um, to really balance it out because you just, I kind of just go with the flow of everything because I'm more of a, um, vibeful person. So it's, um, it's different for everybody. Everyone has their own experience. There's some people that, you know, they can plan out their whole week. Um, and that's great. I'm not one of those. (laughs) Um, there's no specific deadline. You know, obviously you have the, um, you know, schoolwork deadlines and stuff like that. But really, I just work with the flow of everything, um, how I'm feeling, how my body is feeling. And, you know, just being more aware of that, obviously that that takes time Um, and it takes experience. And, you know, just being here for four years, being in college, you know, with being a student athlete for honestly, pretty much all my life. You know, you, you kinda of just pick up on the ways to balance it the best way you can. Um, there's some days where you're just like, I can't do work until um, maybe three in the morning. And that's when my focus, you know, sometimes my focus is there at three in the morning, sometimes it's not. Um, just going on how I feel, you know, that's really it. And just trying to not to stress myself out. That's how you really balance this stuff out because it can get stressful at times and it's, um if you let it overtake you overpower you and really get in there that's when it starts to defeat you um when you just are aware of your feelings and you're just like okay i understand i'm tired i understand there's i could be asleep right now there i understand i don't really need to work out right now or put in extra work whatever it is um but i'm going to do it anyway or you know I'm going to take this nap and get back to this later. Um, That's when you start to really, you know, come to yourself and just embrace the journey and it just becomes everyday life. So it doesn't really feel like a lot anymore. It's just like, I'm used to this now. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, that's wonderful. And, uh, you know, speaking of weighing out, you know, uh, weighing out what you have to do, uh, this big decision you made as far as, you know, staying in college for, um, another year, you know, you had options to go to the league, go to the pros, go to the WNBA. And Mm -hmm. my question is what made you decide to stay uh, at Rutgers?
4: Um, I decided to stay because, um, I felt like my journey wasn't done here and I felt like there was more for me to pour, um, out into the Rutgers community, um, and just everyone I'm really affiliated with here um you know a lot has been poured into me here and you know some people they give back in you know a couple of years that they give back um you know when they become successful you know I feel like there's more for me to give before I left here um and I took that feeling and I ran with it because it is it was a difficult decision you know everything you work for um it my dream was sitting there right in front of me and that's one of the hardest things to do is to walk away from that um for a bigger picture and um i just ran with it and i didn't think twice about it so i'm here and you know it's difficult every day because you're like did i make the right decision but um you gotta play with the cards you dealt with
2: yeah I think it's the right decision, friend. I really do. And the fact that, uh, like you said, you're not done. And uh, I, I guess I could speak as a grad student, you know, not being done with learning. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like there's still so much more to uh, grasp from this institution. You know, this research institution that we signed up for. You know, I feel like at Rutgers we're really challenged with um, we're challenged with science. We're trying. We're challenged with trial and error. And I feel like, you know, with what we're studying, we're really being put to the test with understanding the business of sport down to a science. And what I admire about you, friend, is how you're able to use your platform to gain more knowledge. I'll give you an example. Um, for all of you tuning in, listening with us, uh, I'm Ariel Duncan. We have Arella Garantes uh, with us. Ideally, I would have her in uh, the student center where we broadcast live, but we're, we're virtual, we're doing it remotely and uh, that's quite all right. Um, but I wanted to say, you were able to take advantage um, of some, some connections and uh, I know that you were able to learn from um, one of the trailblazers and women's sports, um, Billie Jean King. And, uh, what I appreciated from your case study, um, was the application of sports and business, how there's more to it than just playing the game.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'd like to ask you, uh, what your sights are outside
4: of basketball. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, it's just anything really that I put my mind to, um, I really like to feel in a lot of areas like music and then you go into the business aspect of it. Um, I try to learn about everything. I really think uh, I really was put on here, put on put on this journey to kind of change the way women's basketball has been. Um, I think changed the way women's basketball has been for the last couple of years. Um, From the beginning, you know, we have a bunch of athletes now that that are, you know, stepping outside of just being an athlete. Um, And I think, you know, CB3, you have, you know, you had Kobe, you had LeBron stepping out. They're all, you know, Michael Jordan, and they're all, you know, really kind of capitalizing off of the business aspect of where sports can take them. And I've always knew basketball would open up a bunch of doors for me. Um, and really it's just about embracing them and just coming into your own. Really. I feel like, you know, my dad always told me I could do whatever I want, you know, anything I put my mind to. And I've really believed that, you know, so, you know, I've, I've tried the acting. I've tried the, you know, music I've tried um, sports broadcasting. I've, I've, I've been kind of like, I just dipped my toe in anything, honestly. And, you know, I have really had fun with it um, because, you know, a couple of years ago I would have been closed-minded, like just, I'm here to play basketball and that's it. And Rutgers has really just changed my whole, you know, perspective on a bunch of this, you know, and all the doors that it opens for real.
2: That's wonderful. And, you know, I feel the same way and um, sky's the limit with that, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Knowledge is power. So let's get back to the basketball side of things. Uh, One season after setting a Rutgers record in free throws made with 171, you start the year off with 16 out of 17 from the strike, surpassing alumni Sue Wicks. How do you stay locked in uh, at the free throw line and on the court?
4: Um, it's just honestly reps. It's all muscle memory. Um, I wanted it to be like my free throws. Um, I've always really focused on that because, um, when the game's not going your way, that's really how you bring it back. Um, free throws literally are a corrector in a game when you're just confused and all that stuff. So it's really been my bread and butter to perfect my free throw game. And last year was actually one of the years I've actually struggled on the free throw line. I just went to the line a lot more times and I got a chance to redeem myself. (laughs) So a lot of people didn't notice, Um, but I noticed and my, my father noticed and we've made it our, you know, goal to definitely not miss as many free throws as I did last year and just You know, get back to the basics, because that's really all it is, about. It's not it's only as hard as you make it. So as long as you, you know, you know, you put the reps in, you put the time in it, it'll perform for you.
2: I don't have to tell you about the dynasty and legacy um, that comes with Rutgers women's basketball. Um, But I am curious uh, to know who are some of your favorite uh, Scarlet Knights? women's basketball alumni?
4: Oh, Sue Wicks um, is one of my favorites. And the reason is um, because I know her personally. Um, my mom played with Sue actually. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, from Santa Riches in Long Island. My mom is, she was born and raised in Santa Riches. Um, Sue is now, I think, the head coach at Santa Riches High School, I believe. So she was a couple of years ago. I'm not sure she is now um, yeah, so, uh, I grew up going to, you know, Santa Cruz's high school, working out all the time and hearing her name, um, she's always showed up at the gyms a couple of times, and, you know, I didn't even realize until I got to Rutgers. hey, wait, she played here, <laughs> you know, and, um, just just the impact she had when I was younger, you know, that, that doesn't go unnoticed. And it, it's a blessing just to be a part of her legacy and be mentioned in the same name category as her. Um, another one is uh, Cappy and Epiphany. Mm-hmm. Um, I played for Epiphany's AAU team um, in New York, you know, New York native, you know, just hearing her name all the time. You know, I just admire the legacy that she left Cappy's one of my favorite players ever because I grew up in New York and seeing her play in the Liberty, I was a huge phenomenal Cappy fan. Like you couldn't that was actually one of our first jerseys, my first jerseys too. Um so I, I was tied in with Rutgers before I even knew um that I was tied in. Um it was just only for me to realize it and just now as I you know I'm almost finished with my journey like a lot of things are just you realize a lot of things happen for a reason um and it all it it all comes together which is which is amazing
2: you speaking of coming together I have a fun story to add to that um I actually got the opportunity to um assist Cappy and the New York Liberty when they were playing in Prudential Center in Newark when uh, Madison Square Garden was being re uh, was being um, altered, uh, that was actually my first time getting involved with women's basketball. And my her talent was truly uh, astonishing. You know, to witness yeah. her uh, from the sidelines, I was just a game attendant, nothing special. Uh, not against a game, but like a a manager, if you will, staff, game staff, help them warm up and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I got a chance to witness uh, witness her play uh, alongside um, Essence Carson. And Kia, Kia Vaughn was on that team, too. Yeah. 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 Uh, hell of a squad. And uh, it's funny how we're all here now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'll end it with this note. Uh, see Vivian Stringers in her 50th season coaching. And uh, speaking of the legacy and dynasty, Aurelia, you get to be a part of that. And I, my question to you is just, what's that experience like truly to learn from one of the greats of the game of basketball?
4: Um, it's testing um, because she brings the best out of, she, her goal is to bring the best out of everyone, regardless of whether you're um, the star of the team or you're a manager. Um, and that's what I love about Coach Stringer, um, because she is truly here for a reason. And there's a reason behind everything she says. Um, people like that, you do not take for granted because they are so wise behind their years. Um, and that comes with experience that comes with pain. Um, and you, you don't realize it or appreciate it until, Moments like this, actually, where we're in a pandemic and things can be taken from you um, in the blink of an eye and it could be your last game tomorrow. Our game could get canceled tonight, you know, and you don't realize that. Um, So every moment that I get to stand in Coach Stringer's legacy is important for me. Um, Every little side conversation is important for me. because I know she's thinking beyond her years. I know she's thinking beyond my years. Um and I really admire it because we honestly think very similar. And I think that's why we uh we butt heads a lot. (laughs) Um we butt heads a lot and at first it would um it would test me because I'm like okay well she's testing me and I'm testing her. Who's gonna give in? And now I realize, you know, she's making me better and I'm, and I'm just along for this journey and I have that, she's just passing me more knowledge to make everybody else better. And it's just amazing. It's it's hard to even put in words because it's just like, you just have to take it one step at a time because you know, it's going to happen. You just have to focus on each and every day. And that's that's the troubling part because you know it's going to happen.
2: It's inevitable, right?
4: Yes. yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Two leaders, ah, clashing, bumping heads. Uh, but this it, it is it's a team at the end of the day, right? It's a community yeah. of the day. It's family at the end of the day. Arella, thank you so much for joining us uh, and giving us us this WRSU New Brunswick exclusive uh, with the crew. Uh, we appreciate it.
3: Rapid fire coming at you on the crew. Chris Saconis with Troy DeSavino, Dylan McCoy, and Mike Nichols. Mike Pavlichko back in his uh, makeshift home studio getting us on the air during this uh, snowstorm that we're dealing with. All right, going to go through some of the topics we missed uh, earlier in the show. Going to start with uh, league MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo staying put and agreeing to a record uh, Supermax extension with the Milwaukee Bucks for the next five years. Um, you know, big move for Milwaukee, big move for Giannis. Um, wh- what do you guys make of this?
0: Drew, so Holiday I think becomes one of the most valuable players in the NBA because he is the reason that the Milwaukee Bucks were able to sign Giannis. It's a
1: good, it's a good point. I, I mean, I think what this really means is Giannis is going to be on the Bucks for like two years, and then he's going to get traded because he's probably going to want out. Um, There's still a bunch of pressure on this Milwaukee team because if they don't deliver a championship in the next year or two, you're going to be seeing the same thing we've seen out of a lot of big star players in the NBA who have been able to say, hey, I want out. I want to go somewhere else Um, just because of the the power shift you've seen from from ownership to players. Um, So I think this was kind of expected. We were going to see an extension. Um, now I don't think that means he's going to be there for five years. We'll have to see actually how long he stays. If they don't deliver a championship, how many more years he'll give them before he wants out. Mike, anything
3: else you want to add to that?
1: Okay. I think, uh, I think moving on.
3: <laughs> uh AAC commissioner. I, I hope we didn't lose Mikey there. Uh, AAC commissioner, Michael Oresco strongly criticized college football playoffs, uh, rankings, um, because uh, Cincinnati, which is undefeated, was dropped another spot in the rankings uh, behind three teams that each have two losses. Uh, he said, quote, I never thought I'd say it, but if this continues, bring back the BCS and the computers because it would be a fairer system than what I'm seeing now. Uh, that was a direct quote from him. Uh, Bearcats are now number nine in the country despite being 8-0. and He also took a shot at Ohio State for only playing uh, five games. Uh, because the Big Ten decided to err on the side of caution and start the season later. Uh, it seemed to suggest that Cincinnati was more deserving than Ohio State. So, uh, Dylan, Troy, Mike, uh, what do you guys make of this?
0: How dare you want, how dare you say that you want to bring the BCS back? Who do you think you – do you remember <laughs> the BCS? The same BCS that I remember the BCS. Miami out of the national championship game the one year they beat Florida State and Oklahoma, and it was Florida State and Oklahoma. Like – the BCS was ridiculous. The college football playoff is a much better system. And guess what, Cincinnati? Ohio State is better than you. And I don't think that you would disagree. Ohio State is better than you. They may be 5-0, but they're that... a top-four team in the nation, and they deserve to be in the college football playoff. Nah. I'll, I'll say I'm this with...
3: about uh... – go ahead.
1: I, I'm with this guy. I, I'm with this guy. I'm done with this. This is dumb. This is ridiculously dumb that we have Ohio State who's played half the amount of games almost. In um, there, I know they're better, but guess what? What was the point of playing this entire season if we knew we were just going to put these same four teams in the college playoffs? What was the point of risking all these players and making them well, play? Detroit, you have to, like you have to win this the games so that are in front of you. And it's and not they Ohio did win State the game.
3: That the they were undefeated, in, in the Chris. Cincinnati, Cincinnati exactly. won all their games. Okay, but so, so, are, this is, so is Ohio State. So they Ohio haven't State. played
1: all of their games. It's ridiculous. And that's not Ohio Who State's fault, though. If you watch Ohio State, this is. If Chris, you watch this Ohio is most... State,
3: do you really think that they're not a playoff team? I know they you are, but
1: I know they are. Team? But then, then I'm saying, why even play a full schedule? Just say you're going to put Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame at the beginning of the season. Yeah, but I wasting big, everyone's if time. If you're an
0: undefeated Big Ten champion, you can't be left out. Like that's ridiculous.
1: Even if you have five wins, like do you honestly
0: like... think
3: Troy, if they played nine games instead of five in the Big Ten, if if Ohio State was, had four extra games to play they'd be nine and now. do you they'd really be. think that they would have like gone two and two and have been left out is that how you really think those games would have ended no but the one I mean, they team haven't been that they haven't been they really has to they be was indiana and they did it so
1: but chris they haven't been overpowering the indiana put up a really close game against them this isn't the typical ohio ohio state that's beaten teams by 30 in the big in the big 10 like, are you, it's are you seriously suggesting a down
3: year right now troy are you serious I mean, with
1: that? Yeah, their one but, test was against Indiana, and it was a nail biter. I mean, I wouldn't say but, that they are the classic Ohio State.
0: Let's be honest though, Cincinnati is really just asking, "Hey, can we go to Alabama and lose by ninety? Thanks." Exactly. Gonna be, <laughs> sure. Alabama is going to beat whoever is in that four seed by fifty.
3: Chris, that may be is, okay. That may be so. Yeah, well, that's why I think I think it would be a lot better if we just expanded the playoff. at either exactly six teams with like a wild eight card teams. setup.
0: Just make it eight.
1: Six or eight. This is. This is this is the biggest money grab I've ever seen. They're playing a full schedule, even though they know who they're sending to the the, the final four. Like, why well, are we not, doing okay, this? But
3: it's not like it's not like they predetermined we must get Ohio State. Uh, yeah, oh in the yes, playoff, it is. No matter what, yes, it is. It no, is predetermined. No, like that, Chris. come on, well, Chris. No, they played four really games. If
1: Indiana, if Indiana beat State by it. two touchdowns and the they were going to the undefeated team, you really think Chris, they'd be
0: left out of the playoffs, yes, Troy? I honestly, I honestly
1: do. I honestly if they do. A, if they had
0: a oh loss, they wouldn't have got put in the Big Ten playoffs. So, blame the Big Ten. Chris,
1: guess what? If Ohio State lost to Indiana in that week, and then they went on to still be in the Big Ten championship game and won that, they'd probably still be in. I get, like they this They, is, w- they knew no, 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 but that if, they wanted Detroit. Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama, no. and then probably Notre Dame. They knew this. Why are they wasting hey, everyone's time Dame and risking played. all these players?
0: Notre Dame just played their best. No, Troy, t- a a one, first off, a
3: one-loss oh, yeah. Ohio State team would not get in over an undefeated Indiana team. They just wouldn't. Come
1: on! No, I'm saying if, if Ohio State went on to win the Big Ten championship game, a one-loss
0: Big Ten championship, but they champion wouldn't, have, should be in the but they wouldn't have made
3: the Big Ten championship game because Indiana would have had the tiebreaker and they would have had the head-to-head. Chris, I,
1: I don't, I don't care. Like this the scenario is so you're describing is impossible. are doing here. They knew exactly. I'm not saying that the I'm not Ohio saying that the is system is 14,
3: flawless, but like this is the year flawless, to I'm get just their saying
0: I'm okay with it.
1: It's it's predetermined and it's a money grab and there's so many other opportunities for what they could be doing here to expand it and maybe less, you know lessening the regular season games and saying let's let's spread these games out a little bit let's make it a bigger playoff bracket let's do something like that but no
3: i agree with it's that it's just
1: the ncaa being dumb and greedy for money and saying let's just put the same four teams in there because we wow, all know that's what we're gonna do from game greedy?
3: one i would have yeah. never thought i mean this is the
1: opportunity for them to change some stuff up like the mlb did this year and they you know what they just completely you know what you know what said, the really why, why do it? Is... we're making millions doesn't matter
3: no no. you know what you know what the really dumb thing is uh the college football playoff selection committee uh, is not only are they making these uh, bad rankings, but they're like flying across the country to meet in person on a weekly basis to make these dumb rankings. Like there's nothing idiots. stopping you from being an idiot on zoom. Like idiots. You, I'd rather see know. Indiana. It, than it's the whole thing. I'm not going to
1: lie. They're idiots. All, all I'm saying Indiana. is Troy,
3: if, if, if India, I, I wouldn't be against that. But what I'm saying is if Indiana had beaten Ohio state, they would be in the playoff right now because they would have
1: been the undefeated Big you, Ten champ. You know Ohio State would be sitting right at five, just waiting for one team to choke, and they'd slide in. You know that's how it would be, Chris. Don't try to pretend like that's well, I think not exactly de- that exactly. Well, it, that would it would have be.
3: depended on how the other game shook out. I mean, I could have seen a scenario where Chris, both if, Indiana, if Indiana and Ohio if Indiana State. lost.
1: If, if Indiana lost in the Big Ten championship game and Ohio State was sitting at the five spot, you know Ohio State would slide in in, in front of Indiana, even though they lost head-to-head with them. That's what I'm saying. No, I don't just... agree with that. No, oh, they absolutely no, would, so. Chris. Come they, on, they love, that would have been such a huge win. Teams.
3: Would have been such a huge win for them. I, I mean, they love the same yeah, three teams. It's, it's All right, we're not going to solve this now. We got to wrap this one up and uh, uh, send it out to uh, Lisa Uber. Uh, this has been the Wednesday crew on WRSU FM, New Brunswick.